We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. The hunt continues for a Mexican national who allegedly killed his five neighbors. We need from the public is any type of information because right now we're, we're just uh, we're running into dead ends. Alejandro Mayorkas defines what he considers a secure border ahead of the end of Title 42. You haven't heard the president say one thing about immigration other than just blame others. And California votes to ban diesel vehicles by 2036. I don't see how they're going to do this. They don't have the infrastructure to make this happen. This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast. Your first look at today's top stories for Monday, May 1st. I'm Mike Scott. The hunt is still ongoing for the Mexican national who's wanted in connection with the execution-style shooting of five of his neighbors in Texas. The suspect, identified as Francisco Oropesa, 38, remains at large. Officials say he could be anywhere. An urgent manhunt is expanding. They're looking for this man, Francisco Oropesa. He's accused of shooting and killing his neighbors and is likely armed with an AR-15 style rifle. Police say he is extremely dangerous and could be anywhere. Now, earlier today, they released new images of the suspect, including this photo, showing a prominent tattoo on his forearm. The deadly rampage began Friday night in Cleveland, Texas. The town is just outside of Houston. Neighbors asked him to stop firing a gun in his front yard. Instead, Oropesa went next door and opened fire, killing five people, including an eight-year-old boy. The horrifying execution-style murders have brought over 200 law enforcement personnel to that area. Oropesa is accused of shooting and killing five neighbors, including an eight-year-old child, in the area of Cleveland, Texas. The deceased victims have been identified as Sonia Argentina Guzman, Daniel Enrique Lasso Guzman, Diana Velasquez Alvarado, Julius Molino Rivera, and Jose Jonathan Ceceres. Reporter Stephanie Haynes says there is a reward mounting for any information that leads to the capture of Oropesa. Authorities have no idea where he is. They have zero tips. They have zero leads. And so they hope that $80,000 reward will encourage someone to come forward. So take a look at your screen right now. This is the suspect, Francisco Oropesa. And he is wanted right now. He has a tattoo on his right forearm. And more than 200 law enforcement have been out searching right here for him today. On Saturday, all they were able to find was his cell phone and some clothes in the woods, but nothing since. And so Police have been going door to door asking anyone, do you know him? Have you spoken to him? Do you have any surveillance or ring video? Haynes breaks down what is known about the case 
so far. Authorities believe Oropesa shot and killed five people execution style on Friday night after he was shooting in his front yard. Authorities say a neighbor walked over, asked him to stop, and that's when he opened fire. Uh, and he five people survived, including three children, whom the sheriff says are alive to this day because they were shielded by those trying to protect him. The FBI special agent in charge in this case calls Oropesa a monster and says they need your help trying to track him down. Texas Governor Greg Abbott says both Oropesa and the victims are living in the country illegally. DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas declined to comment specifically on the immigration status. Governor Greg Abbott also telling law enforcement officers at the border to be on the lookout in case this fugitive tries to flee the country. Special Agent James Smith of the FBI says they now need the public's help because they simply do not have any leads on where the suspect could be. Pretty much can guarantee you he's contacted some of his friends. We just don't know who friends, what friends they are. And that's what we, we need from the public is any type of information. Because right now, we're, we're just uh, we're running into dead ends. Jennifer Koffendoffer is a former FBI special agent. She says the FBI may find it difficult to find Oropesa. Whenever law enforcement has a two-mile radius-type perimeter set up, unfortunately, it, that can't be uh, within arm's length of one, each other, uh, of one another. So there are huge holes uh, where these individuals can escape through. Uh, they very much believe he escaped either by foot or by a bicycle. Um, so they're going to be looking at ring camera footage far outside of that two-mile radius. They also have his cell phone, and that could prove very important. It could prove important because who did he contact after the incident? Who did he contact before? Who are his normal individuals that he deals with? All of this is going to be very important for him, uh, for them to find him, because this is intelligence-based searching that they're going to need to be doing. Koffendoffer is astonished that the suspect wasn't apprehended previously. Unfortunately, it's quite easy to get guns uh, illegally. Uh, people sell them. It's, it's not difficult. My problem with this case, neighbors had called previously about him shooting uh, in the middle of the night and late at night. And actually, law enforcement had answered uh, to these shootings. And I'm just surprised he wasn't taken into custody for this action. These rounds that he's shooting, uh, 223s and 556s, which is the rounds that are used in AR-15, they can travel up to 3,800 yards. So it's very dangerous to be shooting in a residential type area. Meanwhile, when asked, Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas declined comment on the legal status of the suspect, but believes the victims will find justice. It's a horrific crime, and I can assure you and the American people that law enforcement will deliver accountability. A judge has issued an arrest warrant for the suspect and already assigned a $5 million bond for when he's taken into custody. FBI Houston said it previously disseminated an incorrect photo of the suspect Sunday, but that image has since been scrubbed from social media pages. The U.S. deployed a second convoy in order to evacuate Americans amid the conflict in Sudan. This comes as many U.S. citizens are aiming criticism at the White House for what they feel is an abandonment of Americans by the government. 
Jamil Jaffer is founder of the National Security Institute, and he says that the Biden administration's lack of planning for evacuating U.S. citizens from Sudan is concerning. Well, I think the U.S. government's got to announce one as soon as possible. I mean, this idea that over 16,000 Americans uh, would be left alone to fend for themselves in Sudan more than nearly two weeks after the U.S. government evacuated its own personnel, nearly 100, as you noted, uh, just now, uh, is is deeply troubling. The U.S. government has now said that they've helped about 1,000 Americans get out of the country thus far. They know of another 5,000 or so that... They know that have officially notified the U.S. government that they're in country, and we suspect another 10,000 or so roaming around the country looking to get out. Obviously, this is a huge problem given the fact that there are two parties you know, directly at war right now, um, and food and water is running out uh, for a lot of the folks in the country. Jaffer breaks down what he believes is needed for Sudan to find peace. We've got another three-day potential ceasefire going now, probably through Tuesday or Wednesday. That's a good thing. At the end of the day, the U.S. Uh, government, working with the Saudis and the Emiratis, have got to figure out a way to get these two warring factions, General Burhan on one side, who runs the Saudi army, the sorry, Sudanese army, um, and the rapid support, support forces run by General Hamati, get them together to agree once again on a civilian government. That effort has been tried a number of times in Sudan, hasn't worked thus far, but the kind of violence we're seeing today is a lot worse than we've seen, uh, at least in the recent past, and that's deeply concerning for the Americans and other nationals who are stuck there in Sudan. According to the Biden administration, the U.S. now has facilitated the departure of nearly 1,000 U.S. citizens from Sudan with cooperation from global allies. On Sunday, Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas defended his border strategy, saying he was doing his best with what he called a broken immigration system going on to seemingly point the finger at Congress. There is already reports in Brownsville, Texas right now, shelters are overwhelmed. The cities of Chicago and New York are already overwhelmed. What's May 12th going to look like if we're already overwhelmed before the expiration of Title 42? A few things, Chuck. First of all, this is a really tough challenge and has been, as we all recognize, for years and years. We are seeing a level of migration, not just at our southern border, but throughout the hemisphere that is unprecedented. It is, I think, the greatest migration in our hemisphere since World War II. The president on day one delivered a solution. He delivered immigration reform legislation that we had hoped Congress would act on swiftly. They haven't. Within the constraints of a broken immigration system, we are doing so much. Mayorkas also can't understand why the Border Patrol unions don't like him. These are all from Border Patrol, the Border Patrol Union on you. The chickens are going to come home to roost because of what he's done. They call you a national disgrace. Remove Mayorkas was their most recent tweet. Uh, how can you lead a group of people whose union wants you out of office? Uh, Chuck, I'm incredibly proud to work with the United States Border Patrol. I have supported them vigorously since my first day in office. I will continue to do so. A tremendous source of pride. And I will tell you this. What do you think the disconnect is? Do you think this is... This is media perception. Why, why do you think? Why do you think there is this a political disconnect? Is this a red blue divide? Just simply that you're you're in a democratic administration. What do you believe it is? Chuck, I'm focused on mission. That's what I'm focused on. Uh, I look at their needs. I try to fulfill their needs. This comes as border patrol agents are bracing for what they anticipate to be a major surge of illegal immigrants. 
When Title 42, the COVID measure that allows agents to turn migrants away at the border, ends May 11th. Federal immigration authorities last week said that local officials are already short on the money and space needed to handle the surge. Reporter Jorge Ventura is on the border and breaks down the number of illegal crossings the U.S. has recently seen and what the U.S. may see in the coming weeks. Authorities in South Texas are seeing a massive spike in illegal crossings right now. The city of Brownsville has actually declared a disaster declaration after thousands of migrants entered the city from Matamoros, Mexico. Now, according to U.S. Border Patrol officials, since last week, over 15,000 migrants crossed through that area. Majority of those migrants are Venezuelan. Now local officials are scrambling for resources as shelters in the area are at over capacity. The city of El Paso is also set to declare an emergency. The New York Post is saying nearly 40,000 migrants are in Sura Juarez. They're waiting to enter the U.S. as soon as the policy expires. El Paso Mayor Oscar Lester says that the city will use its convention center as temporary housing for the expected surge of illegal entries at the moment. Ventura explains that one of the reasons why the U.S. is seeing so many illegal immigrants is that the immigration app touted by the Biden administration keeps crashing. There are a couple of different reasons why we're seeing this surge right now. My sources on the ground are telling me that there is some misinformation flowing around that the U.S. Border Patrol has stopped deporting migrants under Title 42, which is not true. But human smugglers are using that to convince migrants to cross illegally right now. Now, I was recently in Surah Juarez, Mexico, actually interviewing migrants living on the streets. What migrants were telling me is that they were attempting to schedule asylum interviews for months with U.S. Customs and Protection officials who say that the government run app. CBP-1 crashes every morning when it's time to register for an appointment. Migrants say that they're frustrated with the app and have been trying to schedule an appointment for months now. And they're telling me that if they can't get an appointment soon, they will enter illegally. While reporting on the border crisis, Ventura says that yet another Texas town has declared an emergency over the migrant surge. Moments ago, local media in Laredo, Texas, are also reporting that Laredo has now declared an emergency as well. Customs and Border Protection Commissioner Troy Miller says that he expects roughly 10,000 migrants to cross the border daily when the ban ends, doubling the current flow. Republican Representative Tony Gonzalez of Texas says that the migrant crisis is getting worse and it's not just impacting towns at the border anymore. This is honestly the fourth time that we've seen this Title 42 is going to end. And every time we come to this uh, situation before the crisis is this uptick in illegal immigration. And we're seeing that now, whether it's Brownsville, whether it's uh, Eagle Pass or whether it's El Paso. Now it's all three of those areas. And so the numbers are getting worse. The agents are beyond an exhausting point. And it's not just at the border. Now what you're seeing is places 100, 150 miles from the border are just as overwhelmed as if they were on the Rio Grande themselves. Gonzalez explains what the Biden administration is getting desperately wrong on the border. 
there should be repercussions for people that enter the country illegally. And this is where the Biden administration is getting wrong. First off, they're doing more. And I appreciate the fact that they're trying different things. It's taken them a while, but I appreciate that. This is what they're getting wrong. They're putting all their time and effort into illegal immigration, finding ways to increase capacity, finding ways where people can come over illegally uh, quicker. Uh, The reality is nine out of 10 people that come over into our country illegally do not qualify for asylum. So stop sending them down that route when you know they're not going to qualify for asylum. I am of the mindset we need to encourage those to come over legally. The Texas congressman goes on to say the U.S. does need to change asylum laws and points out that President Biden needs to stop blaming others for his border crisis. You do have to change the asylum laws, and it's it's something that the president should work with Congress on. You haven't heard the president say one thing about immigration other than just blame others. Congress has a role to play. I think that us passing this uh, bill in, in the House on security is important. The next step is immigration reform. I am committed yeah. to doing that. You haven't seen anyone even try immigration reform in the past decade. I think it's long time that we do something. In my yeah. opinion, that starts with protecting those that are doing it legally through work visas. Title 42 has blocked migrants from crossing over the U.S.-Mexico border in order to seek asylum more than 2.5 million times since it was put in place at the start of the pandemic. The lifting of restrictions on May 11 marks the third time the Biden administration has sought to lift the measure. Previous attempts were blocked by courts, but this time a court challenge is unlikely to prevent the ban from being lifted. The competition between Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis is beginning to heat up. Daybreak Insider's White House correspondent Greg Cluxon has more on the developing GOP primary race. According to polls, Trump and DeSantis are the leading contenders for the GOP presidential nomination. The Florida governor has yet to formally declare his candidacy, but he'll be visiting first-in-the-nation caucus state Iowa in a couple of weeks. A Trump campaign official said Trump is scheduling a return trip to Iowa on the same day that DeSantis will be in the state. The move is a sign of the escalating competition between the two men. Greg Clugston, The White House. On Friday, California regulators approved a rule that they say ends the sale of diesel-powered trucks by 2036. The rule has stricter limits for when certain fleets need to transition, requiring big rigs, local delivery trucks, and government fleets to go pollution-free by 2035. Garbage trucks and local buses would need to be zero emission by 2039. The host of Mother Truckers, a certified channel on YouTube that focuses on news that impacts the trucking industry, says there is no infrastructure to implement the measure. First in the world to require new commercial trucks to be electric. They say that the mandate is estimated to deliver 26.5 billion public health benefits in California in avoided heat impacts and deaths due to diesel pollutions. What's crazy about this is I'm on a show right now, so all these trucks behind me, and there's over 200 trucks, basically will not be allowed to go into California by 2042. You know, regardless of it being a rule now and a law now, I mean, it's it's just the it's just the carriage before the horse. Uh, I don't see how they're going to do this. They don't have the infrastructure to make this happen. 
This trucker says he hopes the California rules are not transported anywhere else in the country. Nobody goes there. Nobody I mess with. I mean, my, and my buddies that do go there, they go in at night and they come out at night. Um, so California to me is a whole other area that I do not care about. So they can do whatever they want over there. Just don't bring that stuff over here. That's all I can say about it. The Biden administration recently greenlit a separate California rule that would require increasing the percentage of electric trucks sold in the state between the years 2024 and 2035. The rule will require approval from the federal EPA before it goes into effect. Payment processing giant Visa says its second quarter profits jumped 14% from a year earlier on an adjusted basis. As the company continues to say it benefits from a global rise in credit card and debit card usage. Daybreak insider Jeremy House is taking a look at the numbers. The San Francisco-based company said it earned a profit of $4.38 billion, excluding one-time charges related partially to the Russia-Ukraine war and other accounting adjustments. That compared to an adjusted profit of $3.83 billion from a year earlier, the result beat analysts' forecasts. Many sports fans are wondering out loud if umpires, referees, and other officials may soon be a thing of the past. Daybreak Insider's Jason Walker joins us with a look at the evolving world of automated officiating. There won't be any more arguments with line judges over calls at tennis tournaments on the ATP Men's Tour as of 2025. That's because, well, there won't be any more line judges at any of those events. The ATP says it will use Electronic Line Calling Live, better known as ELC Live, for all out calls in matches. Each match still will be overseen by a chair umpire for the time being, but the line judges who used to be entrusted with determining where shots landed will no longer be present on the court. Jason Walker reporting. And finally, looking for a job? Want to move to England? Well, if you have a friendly, focused, and outgoing attitude, and you're not afraid of wearing an eagle costume, the Blackpool Zoo is looking for people to become a seagull deterrent. A zoo in England posted a job opening looking for people who are comfortable with wearing a bird costume. And, of course, this is to serve as facilities seagull deterrence. Basically, you will dress up like an eagle to scare seagulls away so they don't steal food from the visitors or the animals in the enclosures. And there you go, folks. Maybe this job is for you. I wish we had this near my neighborhood. I definitely would um, apply. The job description comes with a message from the zoo that reads, in part... At Blackpool Zoo, it goes without saying that we love all animals. And as a seaside resort, Blackpool is not short of seagulls. However, the seagulls are proving to be a bit of a nuisance when it comes to trying to steal food from our visitors and our animal enclosures. Subscribe to the Daybreak Insider Podcast at Apple or Google Podcast, Spotify, or SalemPodcastNetwork.com. 
Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at daybreakinsider.com. Ongoing coverage of breaking news and commentary at srnnews.com and townhall.com. Thanks for starting your day with us. I'm Mike Scott. 